don't give up because you are going to have a bumpy days, bumpy road, as I say. One day is going to be good, next day not, so forth. So never quit, never give up because quitter never wins. Welcome to the Small Business Celebration Podcast, the podcast by successful small business owners for business owners like you, so you can grow a strong and profitable business and use something you learn on this podcast today. Our guest is Grandmaster Ivan and Maria Jadrick of the Tehachapi Martial Arts Center, and they're going to guide us on the importance of not being afraid to demonstrate your expertise, why your business can change the community and the world, and the importance of knowing your limitations. But before we get into this wide-ranging conversation, let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. At Claru Tire Company, we know that you want to be safe and secure riding on tires from a family who cares about your family as much as we care for our own. In order to do that, you need quality tires from a family you trust. The problem is, is that there are a hundred different national tire stores in town and their buying process is a chore and they treat you like a faceless number. We believe that you and your family are an extension of our family. We understand the noise you feel with the hundreds of faceless different tire companies that treat you like a faceless number. And that is why we at Claru Tire Company have one of the largest repeat customer bases in Kern County for the last 77 years. Here's how we do it. When you come into Claru Tire, you're not just a number, you become family. We select the specific tire that's the safest for your family, your car, and your budget. We install your tires and give you an unconditional guarantee on your tires. Join the Claru Tire Company family at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield, California, or call us at 661-324-6069 or find us on our website at clarutire.com. That's C-L-E-R-O-U tire.com. Stop the feeling of faceless confusion from 100 different national tire stores. Join the family with the Claru Tire Company family. You'll be glad you did. Claru Tire Company, 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield, California, or call us at 661-324-6069 or find us on our website at clarutire.com. That's C-L-E-R-O-U tire.com. As a business owner, you are a visioneer, and you are ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than your mainstream competition. But what about your message? If your clients and customers don't clearly understand what you can do for them, you are leaving money on the table. If you confuse, you lose. Here at Small Business Celebration, we have a seven-step solution that can clarify your message and put you in the game. Don't leave money on the table. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule an introduction today. Welcome, fellow business owners and visioneers. I'm Michael Roberts with the Small Business Celebration Podcast. And our guests today are Grandmaster and Maria Jadrick of the Tehachapi Martial Arts Center. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. 
there's a lot of people who are not familiar with the martial arts community and all the various awards and all the various recognitions that you have received because this academy, this art center, excuse me, has been here for how many years? 28 years. 28 years. For you, Grandmaster, what major awards or awards have you earned for uh, as Grandmaster? Okay, actually, there's two of them. Uh-huh. One is my diploma or certificate of my eighth degree as a Grandmaster in International Combat Hapkido Federation. Mm-hmm. And the second one is also the same eighth degree Grandmaster certificate in Taekwondo. Oh, excellent. Wow. So those are the the biggest achievements. When I started martial arts, I was I started as a white belt like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I always keep on telling myself, I'll make it to a green belt, then I'm going to make it to a red belt, then I'll make it to a, a black belt, a second, third, and finally to a master degree. After the master degree, I said, well, can I go for grandmaster? So these are the biggest achievements in my life, pretty much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how about you, Maria? What which major awards have you earned? Well, the first one that was the most important to me is when I became um, black belt, first degree black belt, uh-huh. because I started as an older age. I was forty seven years old when I started. All my family was involved in in taekwondo, and I was the only one not involved. Mm-hmm. And I thought I will never be able to do it. And I had a very very hard time to achieve my black belt because I had horrible coordination. <laughs> I couldn't put my feet and my arms together. But finally, uh, I achieved it. Excellent. And I'm very proud of it. Now, one thing for our listeners, if you ever get an opportunity to come visit the Tatchby Martial Arts Center, you have to come into their office. Because when you walk in here, there are all kinds of awards and recognitions all around the room. And so the the awards that they've just given us here on the on the recording is just a small sample of the recognition that the two of them have earned over the last 28 years of of the academy. And so to say that they're that they have been in business and been doing it successfully and have been recognized for it is an understatement. So congratulations to both of you. Thank you. Most people when they go into the martial arts and they want to start a dojo, often go to a big city and they go to a big metropolitan place where they have the ability to attract a lot of students Mm -hmm. because it's a lot easier if you're in a big city to find a lot of students for your dojo. Why did the both of you come to Tehachapi, which has a population of less than 30,000 people? Well, first of all, I kind of like the small communities. Mm-hmm. I taught martial arts in South America. I have relatives in Europe doing martial arts, one of my nephews. Mm-hmm. I taught in LA area, actually first in Argentina, because mm-hmm. I lived there for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Then when we come over here, we establish that other business going on. And I was teaching in several different schools. Mm. So finally, after we moved to Tehachapi, I said, we're going to open my own school. Hmm. And that was 28 years ago, 29, whatever that is now. How did you first earn your first 100 students? 
Well, when we came to Tehachapi first, there was maybe a few people teaching something on their own little sharing places and all that. Mm-hmm. And um, I did a little research. I was a little afraid of it because the, back then, this was a lot smaller city than it is now. Mm-hmm. However, though, we did some exhibition. Mm. We rented a place. And we started building the, within a year, we had over 80 students. Wow. And ever since then, since then, we just keep on going and keep on doing it. How do you maintain your your flow of students coming in through the program since then? Well, that's a good question. You have rotation. Mm-hmm. People come and go. Some they move out of town. Some they quit because it's too hard on them, or some they just decide not to do it. So then you have you lose some, you win some. That's pretty much how it goes. Mm-hmm. It's like in any other business, pretty much. So, like you said previously, yes, most of the people will go to a big city because they have more rotation. There's more population, more people in there to uh, recruit more students. Mm-hmm. And here, for all these years, we were pretty much all by ourselves. Mm -hmm. There was other people teaching something here and there and all that, but we were always the martial arts place, TMAC, Teachapi Martial Arts Center in this town. Mm -hmm. And we still are pretty much on top of it because our stability, our uh, um, years in business. Sure. So that's probably the best... um, uh, advertisement that we can use as a um, many years in business. This is key for our listeners to understand is when you're starting your business from scratch and it sounds like you what we today refer to as a bootstrapped business where you had to start with your own money and you had to build it from the ground up. You didn't have a, a big influence of cash to help you get started. You had to start with nothing. And what you were able to do was that you were able to demonstrate your abilities to attract new clients, to Mm -hmm. attract students. And that's how you got your first 80 students. And then that became 100. And then that became more and more and more. And then you developed a reputation because of the quality work and the quality service that you provide Mm -hmm. to be able to develop a long and sustainable business. Correct? Correct. That's correct. Yes, correct. Now, to that end... What is one of the major problems that your students face? Why would they want to come to the Tehachapi Martial Arts Academy? What need are they trying to fill? Most of the uh, students that we get over here is the parents come and they sit over here and they said, Johnny, for example, he's been having troubles at school. His grades are not good. He needs discipline. So mm. most of the parents, they bring the kids over here is because we are like traditional Taekwondo, so we are is based on discipline and respect. Mm-hmm. So, and they know that the community know that that mm-hmm. we are the discipline martial arts school. So they bring them for the discipline. So some kids they continue because mm-hmm. they crave that discipline. Others cannot handle it. So that's why Grandmaster was saying the rotation. That's the rotation. We mm-hmm. have kids coming, and they stay with it, and they. They accomplish, they get good grades, 
and they they do good at home and everything, and the parents are very happy with it, and they continue. Mm-hmm. Others, they get tired, and they move on to something they else. They move on to something else because they can handle the discipline. Mm-hmm. How about you, Grandmaster? What's your perspective? Well, we teach the way of life. We teach these young people how to... It's a, it's a physical, mental, and spiritual training. Mm. You got these three item together and you pretty much as a whole as a good human being so what some people can handle that some people can handle one area or two or maybe none and that's where you have a problem that um, the consistency of training is not steady but although we do have a lot of black belts kids come from the high school they don't have they can't find a job in a small town, so they enlist themselves in the military that they go to a college. Mm-hmm. We have black belts all over the world right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Some of the U.S. special forces now military, mm. which makes me... <laughs> Very proud. Very, Very proud. So that's that's the reason. That's actually a payback that when we do what we do for our community, mm-hmm. we make better society. Mm. We teach them how to be compassionate, how to be aware. We teach them how to not harm anybody, how to help somebody who needed the help, not to get involved in bad um, dependency, drugs and gangs and all that stuff. We are very strict about it. We require report cards from the school. We want to know what kind of a mind we put in this knowledge into. Mm. If the school grades are good, plus what we see in here, we know what kind of a mind we are training. Right. So there's a lot of things that covers what it concerns the way of martial arts is not only kicks, blocks, punches, and screaming and breaking boards. Mm-hmm. Is the way of life. And then we have other style that we teach. We're talking about Taekwondo so far. Mm-hmm. The international combat hapkido is a modern... Um, uh, it's a scientific self-defense designed for Mother's Day. Hmm. That attracts more adults. Mm-hmm. There is no really teenagers. A few younger kids, um, people, but not kids. Hmm. Tell, us, tell us more about that. That is designed for our law enforcement, military personnel, mm-hmm. and people that deal with people or, or um, people, for instance, that work in prison, um, law enforcement in general, mm-hmm. and our military. is based on 100% self-defense. It's designed how to disarm, how to disable, how to escort, how to manipulate the joints, how to... Uh, disarm a, a weapon, a knife, or a stick, or whatever that is, is designed for a Mother's Day self-defense. Hmm. And we have charter school members all around the world. Wow. Mm-hmm. So and, your business has started out in little tiny little old Tehachapi, and now has been spread worldwide from what you've no, been able to teach we them. belong to the Federation. Okay. Our Federation I, is the one that run that. Okay. You learned, Grandmaster, from somebody how to do your craft, how to do your skill. 
did what who did you learn from and what sort of skills and life lessons did you learn from this person all right now we are getting into the little longer term <laughs> because i've been in martial arts for 57 years okay and i live in many different places in the world mm-hmm. When I was 19 years old, I had a um, motorcycle accident, mm. so I ended up in hospital for a year. Wow. When they flew me from a small town to a bigger city, and I promised to the pilot that when I came out of the hospital, I'm going to take flying lessons. <laughs> and I did. I accomplished my, my pilot license. Wow. Then I go, what's the next challenge? I was looking for challenges to prove to myself that I was still capable to do things. Right. So we started a, a judo club, and my grandmaster was Hitoshi Nishisaka. Okay. That was my first grandmaster in martial arts. Mm-hmm. After that, we came to the United States, and a few years later, I started training with different people. And my second grandmaster in Taekwondo was... Grandmaster Byung Yu, mm-hmm. a Korean, very reputable, well known around the world. I've been with him for 35 years. Wow. Then after that, he pretty much retired. He's not doing it anymore. He's in his 80s something, mm-hmm. upper 80s. Mm-hmm. So we joined our federation with DSI, which is Grandmaster John Pellegrini. And that's where we enjoyed, we start doing Hapkido and Taekwondo mm. because they are. We are charter member for both styles. Mm. And ever since then, we've been with them for 22 years now. One of the things about martial arts that is foundational, and you've brought this up already, is that you are developing and nurturing and culturing the soul of the students. You're, you're preparing them and developing to be good, honest human beings. And from whom or how did you learn not only those important lessons, but how, from whom did you learn how to instill those lessons in your students? Well, every organization or um, federation, we always have higher ranks. Mm-hmm. So the grandmasters, you know, normally they don't teach all the classes, mm. but we all have black belts. So those are the black belt that teach the beginners. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that actually do the whole main heavy lifting. Right. And those are the ones, and you learn from, because you go through so many of them, then you learn from many different um, personalities and different capability of each of these black belts. So you, you absorb everything, the best out of every one of them, and then you make your own a little uh, assessment on it and see what works better, what doesn't work, and all that. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes the uh, overall martial arts um, entirely up to you how you really want to um, teach it and how you understand it and how you're going to use it. Mm. That's pretty much the way I see it now. Everybody sees it a different way. Sure, sure. You were originally from Croatia. That's correct. And how did you meet this lovely lady in, in Argentina? Another long story. We're going to try to make it short. <laughs> I was born right in the middle of the Second World War. Okay. After that, there was not much left. Right. Because the war destroys 
Right. There was no job. There was no money. There was no food. There was no nothing. My grandpa left somewhere around the first war to Argentina. Mm. My grandma stayed back. After the second war was over, she followed him. I was very close to my grandma. Uh. So in 1957, I got on a slow boat from Italy to Buenos Aires. <laughs> 33 days on the boat. I cried. I wish she was turning back. But the boat didn't listen. So I ended up in Argentina. And that's where I met Maria. Why, what attracted you to Grandmaster? And then why did you follow him on this very seemingly fool's errand on wanting to come to the United States and do martial arts? Well, United States... <laughs> Maria? Well, um, when I met Ivan, he, he told me. I was barely six, I didn't, I was not even 16 years old when I met him in a dance place. So he says, so we were dancing and he said, oh, he says, I'm going to the United States. And he said, oh, really? I didn't believe him. And I said, oh, I would love to go to the United States. I love Elvis Presley. And I said, <laughs> I was in love with Elvis since I was very young. So anyway, so, but I thought it was, a, he was joking around. Uh-huh. But then it became reality, I guess. So we, we just keep going to the dance and going together. And then finally we got married in 1969, which is going to be 50 years now in May 17. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. And then we had our first child, and that's when he um, came over here by himself. Mm -hmm. I guess the baby was about three months old, Chris, our son. And um, he came over here, and he said, I'm just going to go and get an apartment or something and get a job. Mm -hmm. And so he started working, and then I came with the baby over here, and that's where we started our journey in the United States. Wow. Well, I had previous, um, I had some relatives in here, uh, not in California, but back east. And they tried to help me and all that. And I thought going to Argentina is going to be easier to come over here. It was actually worse. It took me a little longer to get it, but I finally achieved it. And that's like anything else. I set my mind, I set my mind into something and I don't give up until I achieve it. Sure. So I said, you need to be prepared because I my goal is go to the United States and I'm going to become a United States citizen, which I achieved that too. Good. And I'm a very proud citizen I'm, I'm a, and, and very low-abiding, tax-paying person. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's what we teach our students as well. Be honest, be sincere, and do good deeds for you and your country and your community. Right, right. And, but that was my goal, to come to the United States. And you have literally built... The American dream. Indeed. Indeed. I can't really complain. I may not have much, but what we have, we are very proud of it. Mm-hmm. And this country is the best in the world. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't care what anybody says. Getting back to a little bit on the business side of your okay. business is every business has it's pluses and minuses and it's very easy for people to see the things that have worked well. I mean, you, you walk into your office and you've got all of these plaques and frames of all of your successes and accomplishments, but that doesn't come without lessons 
and 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 failures and things that, that that have not gone so well as it were and what would you classify as as your biggest mistake or your favorite failure not a failure because in martial arts you cannot fail unless you actually try mm. it's a hard work it's a lot of accomplishment and disappointment at the same time mm mm-hmm. You learn from the bad, and you learn from the good. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, being honest and too sincere and too blunt probably is one of my biggest mistakes. Mm-hmm. I don't see it as a business that much. I just see it straight as a practical thing. Right. And that's kind of a, what I see, the little, uh, maybe, not a failure, but, a challenge. A challenge, yes. Life is a challenge, and that's exactly what martial arts is all about. In martial arts, we teach not to challenge anybody but ourselves mm-hmm. because we are our own worst enemy. Mm. And that's my motto, and that's what we live by, and that's what we teach. As you've been developing your business... Are, have there ever been any kinds of books or reading materials that have helped guide you through the experience of developing and building a business? Yes, there's, there is a lot of books and all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. But the best one, the best way to learn is through the personal affiliation with experienced people. They've been around the world. They've been doing it longer than you. Right. Books, DVDs, and all that, they have their own purpose. It's a great tool, great help, but it's not the same as like you have an actual person on the floor. There's people, they buy blood belts. They buy the uh, CDs. Mm-hmm. They test themselves. They send them in. That's all phony. Right. You need to get that sweat, that pain, humiliation in order to really achieve your proper black belt in martial arts. What has changed in your business in the last five years? Our society has changed a lot. Okay, how so? Um, The new generation has a different way of seeing the future. Okay. Everybody like to play with these electronic gadgets and all that, but nobody really wants to do the physical hard work. Mm. And when it gets a little harder, they quit. If it's no fun, they don't like it. If it's not easy, they don't like it. So that's where our society heading towards to the weakness. And if we don't do something about it, I don't know where we're going to go. It's not a good and yet, at the same time, you have a lot of new students coming in that go through the hard work, that go through the effort, the energy to scale up from starting out the white belt to going the green belt and beyond. So that would indicate to me that not all is lost. No, it's not. It never is. That's absolutely true. I'm not saying everybody. Mm-hmm. But there is a great number of them, the percentage, I should say, that um, there's no endurance, there's no desire. And yes, there's some that are just hard as core they can be. And those are the ones that actually succeed. Right. 
Right. And those so, are the leaders, our leaders of the future. Exactly. And that's my goal is actually I wish I could have more people so we can teach them the reality of a life. Mm-hmm. The future of a life is not an in in electronic gadgets. Although I love them. Everybody has one, right? <laughs> that's we true. need them because our society is into that now. But we still need to be connected with reality. If you had a student that came in that you respected and they wanted to open up their own dojo or their own business, what advice would you give them? Honesty and sincerity. Treat people with dignity. Treat them with respect. And don't give up. Because you are going to have a bump of days. Mm-hmm. Bumpy road, as I say. Mm-hmm. One day is going to be good, next day not, so forth. So never quit, never give up, because quitter never wins. Stick with it, treat people right, and whatever you're selling or whatever you're doing, make sure the quality is good, and that's, there is, there's nothing else there. When you have a bumpy road in your day, how do you handle it? Go home and cry. (laughs) (laughs) No. No. (laughs) Let me tell you what we always say to our students. Mm -hmm. It's not how many times you fall down. It's how many times you get up. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. So when you have a bumpy road, you just try to find a smooth one. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. But everything goes up and down. Sure. Absolutely. There was a friend of mine a while ago that said that one of the important lessons that he learned in owning a successful business is the ability to say no to things. Because the more successful you become, the more people ask of you for this and that and the other thing. Mm-hmm. What have you both gotten very good at saying no to? <laughs> no, <very good. laughs> Everything has a limitations. Mm-hmm. People with that tendency as a human to take advantage out of you. Mm. And you need to know your limitations. You know how far you can go, mm-hmm. and you need to draw the line there. Yes, I will say no many times, right. and I will also say yes many times. And when to say when. Exactly. You've had a lot of students come through this building. Yes. And you've had a lot of students go as you passionately mentioned earlier, have gone into the military and have served this country honorably and have done mm-hmm. well. And you've had a lot of students go into a variety of a lot of other fields and have, have done well. How has their success impacted you? It's a great feeling. If they're successful, that means we are successful. Mm. When I see these young people succeed and everything they put their mind into it makes us feel proud mm. because that's what we taught them we teach them how to not to give up how to do things right and all that mm-hmm. and we have lots of them and i'm very proud of every one of them every branch of military and other fields and some of them, they're not even in the Hedgeb anymore. The God knows where they are. But when they come to visit and all that, they stop by and they tell us what this has done for them. Mm. I make them do a little speech in front of everybody. Nice. 
Mm-hmm. And that makes us very proud and very happy. Very good. Very good. If people want to get in touch with the two of you, how do they get a hold of you? Smoke signal. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. But uh, how, do, how do people get a hold of you? Most of the time, uh, you mean a business level? Right. Most of the time, like I said, is through uh, Facebook Messenger okay. or either uh, email. Mm-hmm. And, what's, and what's your email address? It's tmac at tehachapimartialarts.com. Can you say that one more time a little bit slower, please? tmac uh-huh. at com. Perfect. And and they can reach it and they can find you on Facebook? You can find us on Facebook and, you know, message, private message. Excellent. And what's the address for the dojo here? It's 20418 Brian Way, okay. number 6, Tehachapi. California 93561. We also have a phone number they can call us, 661-823-0621. Perfect. Well, I just wanted to thank you both very much, Grandmaster and Maria, for being on the Small Business Celebration podcast. And we salute the both of you and to all and hope the great amount of success to you and all of your students in the future. Thank you. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. I've been asked... Who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business owner who's a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own life. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Become a visioner by joining the Tribe on Small Business Celebrations Facebook page and on Instagram today. listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond and you may find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond and that's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond Also, if you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. If there is a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I am your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.